This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to uh, Coach Gordy Chiesa coming up here momentarily. Gordon, I'm just seeing this come across. Uh, Ronnie Price is going to be on the UVU Wolverines staff uh, as uh, its director of player development. How about that? Yeah, I saw that earlier during the show, and I was going to bring that up with you. But, uh, yeah, it seems like that would be a nice, uh, a nice piece for uh, UVU to have in their program. You know, I don't know uh, what kind of coach he'd be or how good he'd be at player development, but I do think there is some value in when you're a, a school like UVU mm-hmm. in having somebody like Ronnie Price who played 12 years in the NBA. I mean, certainly had yeah. a lot of success. Uh, being able to send that message to young players like, hey, you know, you can achieve uh, whatever it is you want to achieve at, uh, at this school. Uh, I did it, you know. I didn't realize yeah. he played 12 seasons in the NBA. That's amazing. Mm. All right, Gordo, let's uh, get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, a uh, longtime jazz assistant coach. He's our good friend, Gordy Chiesa. Coach, how are you? Guys, I'm doing well. Thank you. How was your new year? My new year is almost as good as yours, Jake. <laughs> almost, not quite. I'm not quite worthy, but I'm trying. <laughs> well, Coach, let's let's dive right in. Let's talk a little jazz basketball. Uh, they put together a couple of wins in a row, and that game against Milwaukee, I'll tell you what, that's about as well as I think uh, uh, I've seen them play the, yet this year. Very much. The way they moved the ball, how they shot it, how they rebounded it, how they just were engaged on both sides of the floor, and that was a quality win. And yesterday's uh, win against the uh, Detroit Pistons, it was the tale of a – it would tell of two halves where the first quarter they absolutely jumped on the Pistons who didn't want to be in the Motor City with that 17-0 run. And on the second half, the Jazz held on for life, but they got a knockout win. So these games are absolutely important where you're the favorite meeting against, against uh, the Pistons and maybe tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night against the Cavs and then Wednesday night against the Wizards. These games you have to win to try to get a good uh, seed in the playoffs. Gordy, one tactic it seems like certain teams are coming uh, or throwing at the Jazz uh, at their at the Jazz's offensive end is they're switching on defense and trying to crowd those shooters. Uh, what can the Jazz do to combat that kind of uh, tactic? Yeah, so you're, the, you're alluding to right now where they play that switch defense. What you want to do is that make a decision now, either or either space the floor and that player goes organized one-on-one against somebody that probably most times doesn't have the foot speed or not in the stance. So they they keep backing up and they give you that pull-up jump shot. So against switch defense, what they give you is not the uh, rhythm three, it's more the middle game. And it was a switch on in the interior where they switch a switch uh, 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 small on big. It's an auto, it should be automatic Two-footed catch, Gordon at the dots, not post-up where that player seals off at the dots where you put so much stress on the referee to make the call as far as either foul before or end one. 
So it's either or. So switching defense, less, more threes, more middle game. Coach, what has been the difference for Mike Conley? Why do you think he's off to such a strong start? He's playing wonderful, and he's making his three-point shot, and a lot of it's based on the pick-and-roll coverage where Gordon mentioned about uh, sometimes teams switch, but when they don't switch, he takes that measured three over the top of the pick-and-roll defender where the guy jumps under it and he makes that uh, knockdown three-point shot. Also, when Joe Ingles in the game, because he's pass-happy, they move that ball around, and Michael's getting a lot of swing-swing uh, uh, passes for, uh, for, rhythm, for rhythm threes, and he's making that shot. And he is absolutely uh, shooting well right now, 42.5 from threes and 45.6 overall. So it's absolutely been sensational, his overall shooting. You know, Gordy, this is something Jake and I talked about earlier it is that the Jazz at the offensive end like to move the ball. Keep the ball moving, right? Don't let it stick. Move the ball to create good shots. Very but, much. So the analogy but, would be is this. You know, uh, Jake, I know I'm not a rocket scientist if you get my drift, but all I know is this, is that when the ball moves, the scoreboard moves. When the <laughs> ball sticks, the scoreboard sticks. Thus, I like it. Gordon, th- thus, Jake, that's Gordon Shazer, alias Shakespearean. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. But when Jordan Clarkson is in the game, when they get some bench players out on the floor, it seems as though they don't mind just handing him the ball and letting him uh, possess it. For, oh, and, very and, much. And yesterday, there was, one, there was one possession, Gordy, where he had the ball the entire possession and then shot it. What do you make of that? Is that okay? Yes, it is, yeah. You, every good team has one or two, what I call them wild card scores, where they, they're a little different than the rest of the group. So Jordan Clarkson is a headache scorer because he gives the, the guy guarding him a severe headache, usually migraine, because he's, a, he's a absolutely a shot creator, and he's able to get in the lane and make shots. So Gordon, he's averaging um, 15.6 points, excuse me, 16.5 points per game in really uh, 24 minutes. So the learning point about that is that the Jazz need him. Let's not forget Jake and Gordon. Do you remember last year on December 22nd what you were doing, Jake? Do you remember, Gordon, also last year? You guys forgot already. You forgot. <laughs> we were July, talking about a Clarkson December, trade, right? That's exactly right. That was the Gordon, <laughs> uh, Jordan Clarkson, Dante Exum trade. They mm. talk about deja vu. Can you imagine if the Jazz did not have, in a playing setting now, I don't mean in life, but in a playing setting as far as not having on their team Jordan Clarkson, it would be a whole different thing as far as they're trying to do it. And by the way, Dante's hurt again right now with the Cavaliers. And by the way, the Jazz next opponent, the Cavaliers, they're less in the NBA in scoring. They scored the fewest points in the NBA. So in their world, they'd love to have back Jordan Clarkson. Coach, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit with this question, but I, I asked uh, Gordon the same thing uh, last week. But if there were, if you were starting a franchise today and could pick one player uh, to build around who's currently in the NBA, who would you pick? Luka Dantich. We kind of debated between Luka and the Greek freak, right, Gordon? Sure. Am, I, am I leaving, yeah. leaving anybody out? Those were the two we thought of. Yep. Luka, because Luka, absolutely, that guy makes his teammates better. He is unbelievable play. He combines Magic Johnson, Carl Malone, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James in that, in that Serbian body. And so he's absolutely sensational. The Mavericks will be a force for the next um, 
decade, if not longer. Even though I love Giannis also, but Giannis can get bumped off balance in the lane, while Luca, because he's so upper body strong and so skilled, and when I say skilled, I call him a footsie scorer. He's a footwork player, but his footwork is besides in the lane. It's out to 30 feet out as far as on perimeter. So I would start with Luca. Gordy, uh, we were Jake and I have been discussing this, and that is that the the Jazz. You know, both need... you guys talk to each other more than you talk to your wives. Do you realize that? That's probably yeah, a fact. That, yeah, that is probably. It's kind of it's kind of troubling. <laughs> a little bit, it's yeah. Troubling. Indeed, but the Jazz are uh, rated 15th in defense and 16th in offense, or w- one way or the other. I forget which way it, was, it is. But we were talking. We've been talking about the fact that Jazz need to be in the top 10 in both. Uh, categories in order to be a real contender in the league. What can they do to improve in both of those areas? Well, right now the Jets are less in the NBA in steals, and they're less in the NBA in uh, in, uh, turnovers generated. So as they go forward is that they've got to figure out about um, their their defensive uh, situationally do they want to extend it out and get more in the passing lanes or double-team the, double the mid-block? I know you have Rudy Gobert, but a lot of times Rudy's out on perimeter guarding pick-and-roll defense. So the better teams like Anthony Davis type and LeBron James, meaning a la Lakers and those teams, and the Celtics in the East, for example, is that they're going to come at you different ways. So the Jets have to generate more open-floor plays defensively. Now, the good part about it, remember now, the Jazz are first in the NBA in total rebounding, and they're first in the NBA in defensive rebounding, and fourth in offensive rebounding, and that is the influence of Derek Favors now. Just having Favors there for 17 minutes per game, it helps Rudy crash into boards, and then Royce O'Neal's having a banner year as far as rebounding. So the Jazz defensively have got to generate more activity points. Coach, the Suns are 7-3. and three. They're currently a half game back of first in the Western Conference. We, we saw the Suns uh, beat the Jazz and looked good doing it. Are they for real? You think they have uh, a chance to, to compete like they are now? Very much. Absolutely. In the Valley of the Sun, they're right there. Gordon, the last time the Suns made the playoffs was 2010. Can you imagine that? It's over, it's over 10 years ago. And so now they're ready. Here's their starting lineup for the listeners right now on 1280 driving home. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, former jazz man Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton. And so that's a good starting lineup. And the backups are Javon Carter, Cameron Payne, Dario Sausage, and um, Cam- uh, Cameron Johnson. And so they have nine players deep led by all-star Devin Booker. So as Donovan Mitchell goes forward in his career arc, that's his arch rival besides Jamal Murray. So Donovan's got to outplay Devin Booker and Jamal Murray of the uh, Devin Nuggets. When they play each other four times a year, Donovan's got to outfight them, outdo them, uh, outwill them three out of four times for the Jazz to knock those guys out, especially in playoff games. Speaking of the West, the Lakers are, as you would predict, at the top of the West right now. Is everybody else just playing for second place, essentially? Are the Lakers just... Is that insurmountable? Well, the best player in the world that's past happy, LeBron James, and the best low-post scorer in the world, Anthony Davis, but they play solid defense. So when teams play against them, meaning the, uh, the Suns, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Mavs, the Nuggets, they've got to figure out about 
LeBron James not slowing him down, but how can he take away other people's place? So, for example, you can't let Catavius Cole Pope beat you. You can't like Jake, like Jake last year. Alex Crusoe had a coming out party, which the whole world was invited to. The way he played, you can't let Kyle Kuzma, former youth player, get 26 on you in a playoff game. So you've got to take away some of those guys' play by either denying them the ball, physicality, and when they're on defense, expose their lack of footwork or foot speed. Will it happen? Let's find out. Coach Gordy Chiesa with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach, uh, give me an NBA head coach, and it could be an obvious answer or not, but give me an NBA head coach that you really think is on top of his game. Brad Stevens. The Celtics 7-3. and three. Those guys are tough. They were tough out in the playoffs last year. Those guys play so hard. They know what they're doing. They play a playoff basketball in season where they do shoot threes, but they're not reckless, and they try to share the ball, and they have a, about themselves a grittiness, and more importantly, they execute under duress. So they are a tough out, So he, and it's led by the coach. Now, I know a lot of times, you know, here's the uh, action people say, oh, in the NBA, oh, it's all, all about the players. Coaching doesn't matter. Oh, really? doesn't matter coaching. With the knucklehead teams, there's very little coaching, and the players run amok. But with the better teams, there's a combination of elite players with sound coaching. That's the Celts right now, and that's also Quinn Snyder, and that's also Steve Kerr. How about the Warriors? We forget about them. That they could have caved in literally three times in the last year and a half, and the Warriors right now is 6-4, and four, and Stephen Curry is absolutely back. And Draymond Green, even though he's not scoring a lot of points, emotionally he's back in the lineup right now, and it's really helped them. So Steve Kerr and also Brad Stevens, besides Quinn Snyder, are two of the guys that are doing an absolutely great job. Gordy, I want to circle back to the Jazz again and talk a little bit about the role of Donovan Mitchell. How do you evaluate what you're seeing out of him thus far? There have been times when he hasn't been that uh, – that, uh, I, I, I guess, uh, what's the word, consistent, uh, sort of fluctuated as far as his shots, uh, efficiency, I guess is the word I'm looking for. What, what do you make of the way he's playing now? And obviously great player, but what, what, what does he need to do? What does he need to be? Well, right now he's playing uneven. So he's a major talent that's really a rocket ship driver. So he drops his shoulder and drives the ball to the basket. He's almost impossible to stop. But with that said, so he gets high marks for being a, a, a really a hard penetrator. Now, sometimes he shoots um, off balance. And I don't mean organized off balance. I mean, his body's off balance. So he's got to try to do is just slightly slow down when he enters the painted area. You slow down your, your ball, your mind, and your body to shoot more on balance. And then offensively, as far as the long ball, Yes, three-point shooting is absolutely critical. I would just take less challenged three-point shots. He's shooting right now from the floor 40.4% field goal percentage, which is dramatically low, and 35.2 from three. But that 35.2 from three, Gordon and Jake, a lot of it's what, been inconsistent, where some games he's six for nine, some games what, one for seven. So we have to be more consistent with that. He's 11th in the NBA right now in most threes made, which is commendable. But what you want to try to do is take less challenged ones. Coach, I understand you have a list for us today. Yeah, we have a list today. It's um, I feel awful with Joe Ingles. 
the, the, with that Aussie swag. Because the other day his streak was uh, stopped as far as a uh, consecutive game streak. So I've been thinking about, uh, about Joe and about, about being an Iron Man as far as these guys. So, Gordon and Jake, this list is the top ten of the all-time Korea leaders in games played in the NBA, Korea-wise. Top ten. And so two jazz men are on it, and I, I had the pleasure to coach both of them, and these guys were absolutely Iron Men. All right, number 10. His nickname is Mr. Fundamentals. He played for 19 years for the San Antonio Spurs. He played in 1,392 games. Number nine, he played on many, many teams, 19 years in the NBA. His nickname is The Jet. He played in 1,410 games, Jason Terry. Number eight. Big guy also, numerous teams, 21 years in the NBA, 1,424 career games, Kevin Willis. Number seven, nickname was Big Ticket, played 21 years in the NBA, total games, 1,462, Kevin Garnett. All right, number six, nickname The Mailman, played 19 years in the NBA, 18 years with the Jazz, one year with the Lakers, uh, Jake, what was Carl thinking when you were at the Lakers? What were you thinking? <laughs> he played in 1,504 games. Excuse, pardon me, 1,476 games, pardon me, 19 years, Carl Malone. Number five, this is so interesting, also jazz man, played in 1,504 games, 19 years, John Stockton. And one time John Stockton, he played in for the Jazz 609 consecutive games before injury. It's the most amazing thing. And let's add to that. When you're a guard in the NBA, is that you're running back on defense all the time to be the, to be the ball stopper, and offensively, you create tempo. So for, for, for Jason Terry and for John Stockton to be in the top ten of games played of all time is remarkable. Let's continue. Number four, they call him the German sh uh, sharpshooter. He played in 1,004. 522 games, 21 years. We all love him, Dirk Nowitzki. All right, number three, he's also a guard. Gordon, here's his nickname. So why is self-anointed? Half man, half amazing. Played in 22 years in the NBA, 1,541 games, Vince Carter. Number two, his, his signature shot was the sky hook. Played 20 years in the NBA, 1,560, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And number one, this player played in the most games in the NBA. His nickname, nickname is The Chief. 21 years, 1,611 games, Robert Parrish. Thus, that is my list. LeBron James someday will, will join that uh, top ten list someday in his career arc. Hard to do. Iron Man. Got to love the Chief, man. He played for a long, long time. 21 years, Jake. So, but Stockton, let's reflect on John just for one second, is that what he did was uh, remarkable. It never, it never happened again. Where I can honestly say, because I always had a front seat, to say the least, with him, is that when I say he played, I'm just guesstimating, 95% of the possessions at a high level. Hmm. In other words, he hardly took any possessions off on both sides of the ball. And to be able to play in 1,504 games is incredible. This generation, a lot of players, what, have rest management. They play back-to-back. -back. In this generation with these players, it was, a, it was a, a, a 
civic pride and uh, team team what unity to play in all 82 games minus severe injury. You know, the other amazing thing about Stockton, as far as preserving his ability to play, was that he used to go down in that low block area and set picks for guys and get knocked over all the time. Oh, and, very much. One of the all-time great remember, screeners. And the screen, screening is a selfless act where I'm saying you philosophically, I'm putting my body on the guy that's guarding my teammate, and I'm going to frame up the daylight on a, on a cunning action. And that was John Stockton, also a Gordon. That was Gary Payton, to his credit. And also that was Steve Nash. So what happened was that a generation of players is that, because John was such an incredible screener, that other uh, all-star players and MVP, meaning Steve Nash and those guys, they became willing screeners. And that's when you invert the offense where small screens for bigs and a pick-and-roll defense, big screens for smalls. And I wish, Gordon, someday that Jake Scott would screen for you. <laughs> I wish someday. That's, that's one, of my, one of my things in life is see Jake Scott, Gordon, screen for you in the lane on a, on a mid-post, up and under, or step-through jump hook. Yeah, that would be nice. I could set a mean screen, Coach. I'm all elbows, man. <laughs> That's right, and, and great, Jake. I didn't say mean, uh, mean girls, and I said mean screens. <laughs> in case you're wondering, nice. I know, I know, Jake, you're a big movie buff. I am. I, I like Mean Girls. That's a good. That's a good show. Jake, we think I was born yesterday. Jake, we think I'm just some square dude. Come on, Jake. <laughs> Never, Coach. Never. Uh, hey, Coach. Thank you so much uh, for jumping on with us. Uh, as always, uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Peace out. See you, Coach. That's our friend, Coach Gordy Chiesa, jumping on with us, uh, giving his thoughts on, on the NBA. Pretty amazing to pay, play uh, 20, what, what do you say the Chief was, 22 years? Something like that. And he, man, one of my favorite moments with Robert Paris was when he got fed up with Bill Lambeer and just finally just took him out. Like he punched him. <laughs> uh, yeah, Robert, yeah, Robert Paris wasn't going to uh, stand for any of that nonsense. Hmm. All right, stay tuned. We have Drop of the Day coming up next. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. She's got a whole lot of reasons. She can't think of a single one that can justify leaving. He got none, but he thinks he got so many problems. And he got too much time to Big wait. show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. I still don't know how you came up with sounds of various clips. Me neither. <laughs> uh, the college football national championship is tonight, Gordon. So I, I selected uh, today's drop uh, drop of the day because it's it's personally my favorite college football moment of all time. You ready? <laughs> of all time. Of all Woo. time. This is okay. this is this is the goat. I give you. Where's Wright Waters? Yeah. He's got to come out of the game now. It's 
I cannot believe that. You can't. I mean, it took him a while to get into the fight. Wow, he is defenseless! He's defenseless! Don't do anything! Third down. Dewey throws over the middle behind the receiver incomplete. It'll be fourth down and three. Van Camp took a helmet-to-helmet shot regardless, even if he wasn't in the slot. You know what? I don't really care if you people look at me in the press box. You know what? I don't care. That's a flag. And I'll fight any one of you if you want it. That's what I that's the mood I'm in at the moment. Apparently the team is not the only one melting down here. <laughs> it's so incredible. You know, we've heard it so many times and yet it never gets old. It's funny every single time. I mean, it just hearing somebody melt completely melt down on live radio is is just amazing, right? Well, it, you know, it builds. It does build. It builds. <laughs> and then by the end, he's ready to fight anybody in the press box who disagrees with him. I don't really care if you people look at me in the press box. You know what? I don't care. That's a flag. And I'll fight any one of you if you want it. That, that's my very favorite part of it. When he realizes that everybody is looking at him because, you know, he's acting like a maniac. <laughs> and it sinks in like, oh. Okay, well, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you're looking at me. In fact, I will fight you. He doubles down on it, Gordon. And in the middle of it, he reminds everybody what down it is. Third down. <laughs> uh, that is the thing of beauty. I wonder the commissioner. I wonder how he feels about that now. We got to get it. Sometime we have to get him on the show. And just ask him uh, about that and the fallout from that. I wonder if he's – it's FAU's uh, uh, play-by-play guy, I think. We could probably find out if it's the same dude. Get him on the air and say, what What was going through your mind there? As, uh, <laughs> he as... is defenseless! <laughs> he is defenseless! Don't do anything! <laughs> you know what's the – like, you're the play-by-play guy. I mean, what are, what are, you, are you – are you hoping that the referee's going to hear you? <laughs> And go, oh, I, I, I'm sorry there, Mr. Maniac. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and throw a flag there. Oh, man. Going to talk the commissioner into stopping gameplay? I think there will be a moment like that in tonight's game. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't imagine. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's uh, one in a million, and it is priceless. It is priceless. Uh, where's Wright Waters, the greatest uh, moment in college football history. Who is Wright Waters? We've heard him. He's the commissioner. Of what league? Uh, What league are they in? Uh, And how long ago was that? Oh, that was like 15 years ago. (laughs) Now he was the commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference. Okay. He's now executive director of the Football Bowl Association. Uh, all right. Is he, I mean, has, who's the guy who's on the call? I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to shake his hand, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't we, care if you look we've at me. Got, do we have who that is? Somebody's got to know. And and uh, yeah, we need to we need to we need to get him on the show. I know it was a long time ago, but it's become such an imp- such a, 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 a classic moment on our show that we, we've got to we've got to get him on. 
I think that would be an interesting conversation. And ask him I, about his worst moment as a broadcaster? I don't know whether he would want to fight us or whether he would laugh about it. I just don't know how he cares that much. Like I said, it builds, man. It builds. He starts out mad, and he gets more and more mad, and by the end of it, he wants to punch somebody. <laughs> at least he, you know, he's self-aware enough to make a joke about himself at the end, though. He says, I guess the team isn't the only one melting down. <laughs> Pretty <funny. laughs> Yeah, that would be a, I would love to review that call with him. I would like to play it for him and then ask him about it afterward. <laughs> What was going through your mind here? Hmm. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. By the way, Gordon, you've been uh, bagging on Jordan Clarkson all day today. I haven't been uh, bagging on him at all. Here's was... SLC Dunk. Just threw this out here. Uh, or I guess they threw this out a while ago. Uh, 16.8 points per game, tying his career high. 4.2 rebounds per game, career high. 49% field goal percentage, career high. 42% three-point percentage, career high. 93% free throw percentage, a career high. All right, so let's, let's explain that I was not bagging on him. All I was saying was that when he's on the floor, it is different than uh, when he's not, when, when the other guys are on the floor. That he oftentimes will get the ball and then he will stay on the ball until the shot goes up. Whereas many of the other players will move the ball. And that is not the way it, uh, it, I'm not saying he always dominates the ball, but there, he frequently dominates the ball. And, and you, creates his you, own shot. And who should be dominating the ball in the lineups that he plays with? No, George Yang? That hasn't been my point. My point has been that it's different when he's on the floor. There, There's nobody else on the Jazz who do who does that. Oh, I don't know about that. Donovan Mitchell does that. Well, on occasion, but not, not regularly. And Mike Conley does that some, too. Hmm. But it's Jordan. I mean, Chris Mannix came on and and put it. He's just a he's a get buckets guy. Go out there and and uh, and get hoops, and and it is a role that. And he pointed out some of these others. Uh, it, it is a role with a lot of NBA teams. Your professional scorer that comes in off the bench and scores in bunches, doesn't play thirty minutes, uh, just plays you know low twenties, mid twenties, and comes in and and gets you buckets. It's just a departure from what the Jazz typically do, and it's obviously something Quinn wants him to do. He's encouraging him to do it, and it looks different. And usually it's not the way the other guys are doing it. And I, I'm not, I've just been asking about it. I haven't been condemning it. Uh, and, and when you look around at the Jazz bench, sometimes uh, there's nobody else on the floor who's really going to score but they have been playing Jordan somewhat with some of the starters and so and he and he oftentimes not always but he oftentimes continues to do it that way which is I mean he is remarkable to watch he's a whirling dervish out there he was plus 16 against the Bucks, scored 26 points 10 of 20 shooting and did play more minutes in that game by the way played 35 minutes 
uh, against the Bucks. Five of twelve from three. Six rebounds, we'll, two assists. Do you think we'll see more of that? Because he is one of the Jazz's best scorers. I don't think he's going to average 26 points a game. No, but there are times when they need points. I I wonder if if Quinn would be uh, up for changing that around a little bit to give him more minutes or more minutes on the floor with uh, some of the other starters to uh, increase that production. See, that's the thing, though, with that role is he's not the perfect player. You know, he's particularly defensively. And I don't know if you want to turn the team over to Jordan Clarkson. I, I, I think the 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 niche he's he's really carved out for himself is is that less minutes more shots um because you you can't turn the team over to him 24 7 well yeah it's go whenever he's on the floor and they, they give him the ball and he, he he goes at it he's he's very determined and uh doesn't necessarily look like he's looking for others to help him score doggone it he's gonna he's gonna create his own shot and that's just different than most of the other time when the Jazz are going about their offensive business. It's different, but it's effective, and they need it. That's yeah. why I don't know why you're so bent on calling him a ball hog. I don't think that's I, the case. I've never called him a ball hog, and that is not what I was getting at with all it these It was questions. what you were getting at. It was not. So does he have the ball too much? I, you know, that's so funny. When you ask questions about somebody and the way they perform, some people automatically presume that that is criticism, but it's not. That's not that was my point at all, and I think you know those listeners out there can see the nuance there. That uh, it's not about being a ball hog; it's about changing up the offense in order to allow him to do what he does best. It's just different, so everybody else has to adjust to that. And you were being critical of that. I was. <laughs> I think it's working fine. And you're bringing up the question: Is it working fine? No, it's just different. It's the role right. that he's I've given. Said it. I've. I know. I know. I'm not criticizing it. I'm talking about it and pointing out the the variance in it. Well, I think you need to jump on one of these zooms and say, "Hey, uh, Coach Snyder." <laughs> Is uh, is Jordan being a ball hog? Is he being a little a little ball hoggy out there? Your thoughts? Ball hoggy. Don't you get a little tired? Do, do your other players disengage when uh, when Jordan is uh, hogging the ball like that? Yeah. Do you tell Jordan to go out there and and be ball hoggy? Is that a, is that a is that something you tell him to do? Is that a strategy? Well, sometimes he gets down in that low block area. And he's got his pivot foot, and he's pivoting left, he's pivoting right, he's swirling around, and there's no place to put the ball. And so then he kind of fades away and, and shoots a shot anyway. And he, he's pretty good at it. And it usually goes in, yeah. It often goes uh, in. But see, it, it usually goes in. It's the thing, like, you know, different roles on the team are, are more enjoyable than others. I mean, if you asked Royce O'Neal if he truly enjoyed the role, his role on the team, he'd probably tell you no. He has to do all the crap that nobody else wants to do. And then when he actually does get a shot, which is uh, not that often, uh, there's a high pressure to make it because he's usually open. <laughs> Wide open. <laughs> so You it, notice that after he, he hits a three-pointer, every time he puts both hands up in the air and does the whole little celebration. Well, if you shot so seldomly, you'd probably be excited <laughs> about it too. But Jordan Clarkson probably loves his role because his role is to go in there and and uh, get up as many shots as he can. 
Do you think the other guys coming off the bench are jealous of that? Uh, I guess I don't. I wouldn't care because unless they can do it better, uh, go out there and and do some Royce O'Neal stuff. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I mean, as I say, there's some mix in the whole thing. I just find that interesting that even the guys who are on the bench and when the starters come back in, but Jordan's still on the floor, that they have they they all adjust to what he typically does, especially if he's on a roll. If he's on a roll, then everybody's getting out of his way and just letting him do his thing. Yeah, but, I mean, the whole team adjusts to what Rudy Gobert does well offensively. You know? Yeah, but it still they comes They adjust within, to what Donovan it, does it, it, well It still comes within the usual – bones of the offense but the whole reason and, those and, and bones are Jordan, there is to to allow rudy to function oh no it's much bigger than just that oh I mean, man yeah, they're we pick and get... roll situations and all that i get all that but they're also moving the ball's popping man and the ball doesn't pop when uh, it comes to jordan all that is is an entry point for him to do his thing and then he does it by himself well i think you're being a little extreme on every time but yeah. Well, I, I don't mean every time, but often. And I'm not even criticizing. I'm just saying that nobody else does that, except for occasionally Donovan, but really not that often. He does it quite a bit, and Mike Conley, too. You are such a contrarian. I am not a contrarian. They, I just the, don't the, understand why the, you're neither, bagging on Jordan the, Clarkson. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not bagging on I'm telling you that he does it different. And he, neither one of the two guys you just mentioned does it anywhere near like Jordan does. Yes, they do. Not much. Yes, they do. Uh, Come I on. So. Especially when, honestly, and, and here's maybe where your critique is, is valid somewhat when you're talking about a, on, a, on a team philosophically. And who was it? Uh, Alex, who was in the postgame that mentioned uh, the sticky ball last night? Was that Conley? I think so. I I want to say it was Mike yeah, Conley, was. and and Alex, by the way, uh, produces all the jazz games. does a Does a terrific job. But um, you know, when when they do get bogged down into that one guy lets the air out of the ball type mentality, that happens to this team, and it happens to this team uh, to, sometimes to its uh, detriment. And it happens when Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are also on the floor. So, okay, so hold on one second here, uh, Lundy. You watch all these games, right? And can you believe watching wait, wait, all wait, those just, games that Gordon would bag on Clarkson take, like he is? Put a cork in it for a second, Lundy. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. That... Okay. Do you understand what I'm getting at here? As far as it's different when Jordan Clarkson gets the ball, as opposed to the other players. Now I understand that Donovan Mitchell sometimes tries to create his own shot, and yes, Mike Conley can do it on occasion, but nobody does it as frequently as Jordan Clarkson does relative to the amounts of times that he touches the ball. Are you, do you understand what I'm saying? I think so. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I recognize that it's different when he gets the ball, but isn't that why they re-signed him in the offseason? Good point, right. Alex. But, but, but okay. Good point. Okay. Terrific work. That, 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 okay. I'm, I'm with you on that completely. I'm just saying that it's different. And, Jake, you take it as criticism. Well, I think it's the negative words that come out of your mouth that I, I like think is what? criticism. What did I say that was negative? That's different, shouldn't they? I mean, that's not jazz basketball. Shouldn't <laughs> they be moving what? the ball around? The, I mean, the that's ball's not. not popping. That's not jazz basketball. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't jazz basketball. All right. I've burnt this one. 
She's not jazz basketball. You're, you're hogging the ball. At no time did I say, use any no, of that phrase. Will you please, please jump on a Zoom with, with Coach Snyder and say, <laughs> is Jordan Clarkson a ball hog? Please, <laughs> please, I'm begging you. It, it, it would be an amazing soundbite. <laughs> Come on. I think that if I did ask that question and I asked it in that in that way, that uh, somebody probably would say, yeah, that's exactly what we want him to be. But again, that is that's interesting to me because that's not what they want anybody else to be. Uh, I think they they're fine if Donovan wants to be a little ball hoggy on occasion, most of the time. Well, you heard him talk about it last night. The ball was sticking. They don't want the ball to be sticky. Normally. Well, yeah, Jordan Clarkson had a great game. In fact, I think he's a big part of the reason they won the game. Because the ball, whatever was happening in the third quarter, it was stinky. And he was able to go out there. Stinky, it was stinky. He was able to go out there and get buckets and uh, keep them from blowing the entire 20-point lead like they what did against his... the Knicks. All right, so see, now you got me leaning in that direction. Now i got to respond. What was his shooting percentage in the third quarter? I don't know, Gordon. Google it. <laughs> I thought you might have the uh, stat sheet right in front of you. All right. I'm waiting. I didn't Google it. I don't have my computer in front of me right now. You're doing a radio show. How do you not have your computer in front of you? I put it down because it, the battery was about to run out and the, the cord's on the other side of the room, so i got to go get it and plug it back in. You have a really expensive phone. <laughs> oh, man. All our listeners can relate to this. I want you to think of a relative in your family who is a contrarian. And you bring something up and don't mean anything by it at all. You're just asking questions. And then that person twists it into a negative I am not a contrarian. I'm the one who's telling you that Jordan Clarkson is really good at his role, and it works, and he's playing really well, and he has all these career highs. How is that being a contrarian? Well, you're saying that I called him a ball hog. You have been calling him a ball hog all show. (laughs) I I did not call him a ball hog. I did not use that terminology. Okay, but I I uh, could read between. I don't need a thesaurus to, uh, to, <laughs> to understand what you're saying. I just summed up your argument for you. Z hogging the ball out there? That's what you've been asking all day. I'm not. I've been saying that it's just different. I, I we don't need to go over it again. Just leave me be, will you? Okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, we'll have more big show coming up next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty to zone. Wrap it up in the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordon, uh, the, the national championship game going on, obviously, between Ohio State and Alabama with three NFL games Saturday, three NFL games Sunday, and the national championship game tonight. Is this the best football three days of the year? It's got to be, right? It may be, Pretty yeah. amazing. It has been, and it's been so enjoyable, even though you and I have not done so well in all our picks. But, uh, I mean, it's just been important football game after important football game. I, I love it. 
What is your go-to football snack? Oh, uh, I, I think it would probably be uh, tacos. Tacos? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Lisa make a fine taco? She does. And uh, and we, we had them the other day. Okay. So what about you? I don't know. Whatever I happen to cook up for myself. <laughs> if you're going to ask the question of me, give me something better than that. I just like it. When I said, Lisa makes a fine taco, your mind went to, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the biggest question for me uh, on the taco thing, she always offers, do you want the corn tortilla or do you want the uh, the other one? Whatever it is. Uh, was it flour? And, and and I always have a tough time deciding. Do and you? I oftentimes do go for the flour, yeah. You mean the guy who once asked for menu advice from the Taco Bell drive-thru has a tough time deciding? Every time I drive by that Taco Bell uh, on Oahu, I, I think of that. Alex, yeah. that happened. Alex Lundberg filling in for, for Austin now. Uh, Gordon did. Pulled up to a Taco Bell drive-thru. And she said, can I take your order? He said, what, uh, what would you recommend? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not the way it happened, Lundy. What is the I'm chef's telling... specialty? No, no, that is not what happened. What happened was that they had a new item <laughs> on, on the menu that I hadn't tried yet. And so I didn't say, hmm, you know, what would you recommend for this evening's treat? No, I said, you know that new uh, that new uh, item you have there. Uh, w- would you recommend it, or is there something that you think is better? It was more along those lines. Do you, was was the response you got like, oh, I don't know, sir, just order. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> Who's this bozo? <laughs> I don't know, sir. Just just uh, g- give me a number. Now you want a number four. <laughs> What what's your then, what do you recommend? Yeah. What do you, do you like the the chalupas, the tacos? I've uh, just I've, this is my philosophy, Jake. On it, always be polite on the drive through through a fast. Food should always place. be polite. Period, man. Yeah. By the way, I, I got to tell you this. So I do. I really like those progressive commercials now, where they have the 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 person who is instructing the people how to not be like their. Their, their parents where they're they're doing old time type stuff like directing people out of a parking space you know uh, for people you don't know and uh, the most recent one I saw you know, the guy says uh, the the w- the waiter doesn't need to know your name <laughs> well Gordon or you don't need to know his name or something. I don't know. It's just funny stuff. On that, like that on that note, uh, you enjoy on the game. On that random note. Yeah. You enjoy the game tonight, buddy. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, indeed. College football is done. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.